Lover's Lane has all of your intimate needs covered. All month long, receive a free manicure set with every $25 purchase in-store or online at loverslane.com. Hello and welcome to the Intimacy Advisor Podcast. I am Sarah TomTom, your host, and I've been teaching pleasure-based sex ed since 2007. And a topic that I find gets really misrepresented is the importance of arousal and how arousal is so integral to the orgasmic experiences that we have. And in my early years of teaching, I really missed this idea that arousal is the foundation that we build our orgasms off of. And there are so many things that impact arousal. So, you know, when you just think about things like techniques or toys for increasing orgasmic response, they don't work for everybody if someone is struggling to access their arousal. And we have this messaging that arousal is really something that only matters for estrogen-based bodies. And I'm going to just tell you that I'm going to debunk that myth because the thing is, is that we have a relationship to our sexuality throughout the course of our entire lives. And while testosterone-based bodies have a different arousal pattern, and it is a bit more linear than it is in estrogen-based bodies, you know, like arousal in an estrogen-based body is kind of like a bumpy mountain road. It can dip and plateau and things like that. Uh, But arousal is affected by a host of factors that do not simply impact estrogen-based bodies. So over the course of our lives, a lot of testosterone-based bodies encounter arousal issues as well and need a little bit more time or need the context to be just right in order to experience arousal. And context is something that is really important in terms of arousal. For some of us, We base our access to arousal on information that is dated or perhaps not relevant to the current context in our lives. So for instance, in the beginning of a relationship, do you get turned on with a little bit more speed and ease? Yes. There is a chemical process that is happening in the body. There is a newness that is there that is not going to be the same once your partner's moves are predictable to you. If you are basing your knowledge of your arousal patterns on teen or early 20s years, is that going to be different when you get into your 30s, 40s, 60s? Absolutely. When we think about how our bodies experience orgasm, 
and we don't consider the factors that influence arousal, it's easy to feel like something is failing either in your relationship or within your own body when really it's simply that the context has changed for you. So an example of this is you get into a new relationship with somebody, the two of you have great chemistry, you're attracted to each other, you have similar interests sexually, chances are that you're going to get aroused pretty powerfully fairly quickly. The same may not be true later in your relationship. Similarly, if you're in a stage in your life where you have a lot of time and energy to invest in your body and you don't have a very stressful job and arousal just comes with ease, the same is not necessarily going to be true if you are, for whatever reason, experiencing chronic pain or grief or a lot of stress or lack of time due to a really stressful job. So context is one of these things that while it might not be very sexy (laughs) to talk or to teach about, it is really influential when we think about how our bodies experience pleasure. Because arousal is the foundation that we build our orgasms off of. I might have already said that, but I, you know what? I might say it again. Arousal is technically a physiological state in the body that can be triggered by a number of things. It is not always sexual. People are aroused when they are angry. People are aroused when they are afraid. So arousal is a heightened state of alertness. But in a sexual context, arousal increases sensitivity. It brings blood flow into the genitals, which also increases the sensitivity of those nerve endings. And we all have different personal associations with arousal. Your nipples may harden, your cheeks may flush, things of that nature. There is a mental component to arousal as well, which I'm going to cite Emily Nagoski, who is the author of Come As You Are, and this is an absolute must read if you are interested in expanding your orgasms or understanding how your, you know, personal pleasure network works. Her research has been unbelievably helpful in the field of sexuality. And in her book, she writes about the mental component of arousal and names it desire. And she talks about different types of desire that people can experience. So that is responsive and spontaneous Mainstream messaging around arousal, turn-ons, desire, whatever you want to call it, 
is that we see something that we find attractive and we are instantly ready to fuck (laughs) at any moment. This is definitely, I think, what a lot of people subscribe to masculine sexuality, that men are just ready to go at all times. And a lot of people do experience spontaneous desire where you are just sort of always ready to go. Some people experience spontaneous desire at certain times in their lives, but not over the course of their whole life. And then uh, some people experience it just consistently. But it is important to know that your desire patterns are not necessarily fixed. They can change. So there's spontaneous desire and then there is responsive desire. Responsive desire is a kind of desire that needs stimuli to activate it. So with responsive desire, you may not have an interest in having sex until you're already sort of engaged in it, or at least in some form of really sexy interaction. So some something where your turn-ons are present. Maybe someone is whispering nasty things to you, or you're making out, or uh, a part of your body is touched and then and then desire starts to build. Responsive desire and spontaneous desire are clearly different and you can experience one or the other or you may have both depending on the context. Contextual desire is really about the environment. So maybe there's certain types of lighting you need in order to access desire. Or certainly for folks with fetishes, there has to be that object that is present in order for them to experience arousal and sexual desire. Maybe there are times in your life or in your relationship where there is conflict, whereas you normally experience spontaneous desire, that is not the case for you anymore and your desire becomes more responsive or perhaps even gets really quieted to the point of feeling like it isn't even present. So when we're thinking about arousal, you know, we have all of these factors that impact it. And it's not just about what stimuli we are introducing to our body. So if you're someone who experiences spontaneous desire, and there's not a whole lot that's influencing the context of your life or your relationship to your body that is dampening that desire, then certainly adding stimuli that is geared towards your erogenous zones is going to be very successful for you in increasing your orgasmic response. But if that is not the case for you, then any like tips, tricks, techniques, throwing a vibrator in is not necessarily going to get you to where you want to go because you haven't addressed your needs around activating your desire and accelerating your arousal. So first step really is identifying and figuring out the things that you need in order to create an environment around you that's going to be conducive to you becoming aroused. 
And when you think about it this way, you have to address introducing turn-ons, toys, sex techniques into the mix, but you also have to address anything that causes your desire to be out of reach. Emily Nagoski, Income As You Are, buy the book. It's so good. There's a workbook too that comes that you can buy separately and it's amazing. She refers to this as accelerators and breaks so that we have both. There are going to be things that are going to dampen our desire as well as things that can increase it. Common breaks are things like body image or chronic pain, stress, conflict. It can even be things like a messy house, right? You just cannot turn your brain off if you're surrounded with clutter. Control issues like needing to have everything aligned just so in order to like relax and become receptive to pleasure. Declining hormone levels can affect our arousal. Having kids around all the time creates a context that maybe is hard to feel aroused in. You know, when you start thinking about your breaks, hopefully you can take whatever negative self-talk you have going on and redirect it towards creating an environment that is conducive for you to feel sexy, desired, and also to experience desire yourself. So once you've gathered a little bit of information and identified the type of desire that you feel like you experience, you've considered your environment and you have identified your breaks and how to limit them, and you've identified your accelerators and how to invite them in, there's a few things that you can do that really enhance arousal. That's masturbation and using your breath. So let's start with solo play, masturbation, jacking off, whatever you want to call it. The reason why I love and really encourage folks to engage in solo play is that it is a totally pressure-free zone. This is a space where you get to explore your own fantasies. You don't have to worry about the pressure of like mutuality with a partner. Like, I want you to get off. No, I want you to get off. Or I'm going to feel pressured to get off. All of that sort of stuff, which can be breaks, is not in the mix. And the other thing that is amazing is that the more sex you have, the more sex you want to have. So having some type of solo play practice actually opens your body up to receive pleasure in other contexts. I have no doubt that I have talked about this idea of muscle memory before now. I'm going to mention it again that when you create some muscle memory around experiencing pleasure or orgasmic experiences, they come to you more easily. Solo play is a really great space for trying new things, discovering new accelerators or 
experimenting with your erogenous zones is just much easier to do solo than it necessarily is with a partner because you have the built-in desire for kind of a goal-oriented approach when you're with a partner. I mean, some of us are really lucky to have experimentation built into our partner play, but that's rare that our areas of interest to explore are going to align, at least certainly not 100% of the time. So solo play is the space where you can go try new things and work through any moments that come up in your sexual journey where you're experiencing a roadblock or decreased desire or just generally if you're trying to kind of get your groove back. Breath is another tool that can be really helpful for increasing arousal and just generally staying connected to your body. Breath is grounding. It can help to calm the body and create a neutral state to build arousal off of. Uh, Breath can be used strategically, like you can develop erotic breathing styles during play that really help to spread sensation through your body. And breath can be something that you return to whenever, if you ever hit a plateau in your arousal pattern. Thinking about grounding breaths, you know, if if calming the body and just creating kind of a neutral state is what you need. Deep mouth breathing, I think of it as luscious breaths, helps to really create calm throughout the whole body. It just neutral it um, helps regulate the nervous system. Box breaths are really great where you inhale for four, hold for four, exhale for four, hold for four. This is a very calming, self-regulating breath. Now during play, a breath like that might stall out your arousal process, you have to kind of just play around between mouth breathing and nose breathing, which one kind of works best for you. But if creating fire in the body is something that you are needing rather than creating calm, there's a type of breathing called fire breath, which is through your nose, where you do a very rapid inhale, exhale, and in the process, expand and contract your diaphragm pretty dramatically. You can look this up. It's a yoga technique, fire breathing, if you're needing to better visualize what I'm talking about. Fire breathing can be a way to build fire in the body and set the tone for, you know, more kind of energized flow of energy. If that is something that feels to you like you're stalling out or not ever really being able to like kick off your arousal because of low energy. Generally speaking, even just checking in with your breath and ensuring that you are still breathing through the process of arousal can be really helpful and you don't need any techniques for that. Just make sure that you're continuing to breathe. There's a variety of reasons why people have learned to hold their breath during sex and what you're actually doing is limiting the spread of the erotic energy throughout your body. So as you're either in partner play or in solo play and you're 
stimulating your erogenous zones. Check in with what's happening with your breath. If you are holding your breath, put some attention onto breathing. You can even, if you are with a partner, you can try syncing your breath so that you breathe in and out together. And just this simple act of ensuring that you keep your breath going. It is the body's natural response in the arousal process for our breath to quicken. And if we can just lean into that natural response, it really can help to spread sensation throughout the body, which enhances and deepens the sensations that we're experiencing. There is so much more that I can say, and hopefully there will be more opportunities to talk about arousal. If this is something that has sparked some interest for you, I certainly recommend reading Come As You Are by Dr. Emily Nagoski. You can visit intimacyadvisor.com for a number of blog posts on the topic. Or you can send me any questions or suggestions you have for further exploration of this topic. But like I said, arousal is this really important foundational piece to our sexual exploration. And I really encourage you all to be thinking more intentionally about the ways in which you are inviting arousal in, creating a conducive environment and context to experience more powerful desire and arousal. So thank you so much for tuning in. As always, you can find us at Intimacy Advisor Pod, intimacyadvisor.com. You can shop at loverslane.com for all of your sexual and sensual needs. And I look forward to chatting again soon. Lover's Lane has all of your intimate needs covered. All month long, receive a free manicure set with every $25 purchase in store or online at loverslane.com.